Hello, all you slut enthusiasts, fellow sluts and perverts. Welcome to the Slut Next Door podcast, and I am your slut next door. I am a taboo phone sex operator, audio porn creator, and just an overall slut who wants to talk about being a slut, kinks, fetishes, and all the dirty things that hide inside of our head. Today, I am joined by Millie the Femboy for the second time, and we discuss gender fluidity. Millie gives us insight on what his gender fluidity is like, what it's like having vagina envy, his cravings for cock, why he cross-dresses, and how all this helps balance his own mental health and stability. I would like to take a moment to thank my Patreon producers, Robert, Moondogger, Hale, Murdercube, BR, Brent, Sarb, Patrick, and Landon. Your support is so appreciated. Want to support your favorite slut next door? Check out patreon.com slash the slut next door. One of the benefits of becoming a Patreon is hearing the uncensored After Hours bonus episode. And this week, I'm posting bonus content with Millie the Femboy. And I'll just say, it's all about the female anatomy, the pussy. And here's episode 20 with Millie. All right, well, welcome back to the podcast, Millie. Hello, lovely. <laughs> I am so happy to have you back on. You came on as a guest on episode five. This is episode 20. Um, and oh. you discussed the experience of having sex with your own sister. And that episode, still to this day, is the most viewed and downloaded of my podcast episodes, blowing all the other ones out of the water. How does that make you feel, Millie? <laughs> well, do you think it might have been the subject matter? <laughs> Definitely, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Wow. Um, it how do I how do I feel about that? I don't know, really. I mean, it was quite nice to talk about it in a semi-formal fashion. Mm-hmm. like we're going to today mm-hmm. um the thought of other people listening to it i don't know i suppose it depends how much of a perv you are because <laughs> I, I i didn't mean it to be titillating mm. but i suppose you know inevitably there would have been some bits that were so then my mind wanders to you know how many guys jacked off to it there you mm. go <laughs> so I suppose I suppose ultimately that's how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Well there we go. I love it. I'm so I'm so proud of that episode. It's just it blew everything out of the water. Um so yeah, um so today why I brought you back on. So when we first discussed the first episode that I had with you gender fluidity was a topic that I could tell was big for you and also in previous conversations I've had with you and you know we had decided let's you know 
if we touch on that, that's going to be a whole episode in itself. Um, yeah. And for me, I'm fascinated with the topic because I have no background knowledge or I'm not familiar with the term, right? Because I always feel like a woman, right? So I'm super fascinated by it to really kind of dig into that. So before we really dig into you, I figured it would be useful for us to like start with some definitions um, mm. because, and I'm sure you can relate to this, uh, in my generation, like when I grew up, uh, these terms were not around. If they were, it wasn't well known at all, right? Like when I was a teenager, we were not talking about trans people. Um, we weren't talking about gender, like we talk about it today. Mm. And nor you know, was I, by the way. Right. And it can, it can get like confusing, you know, like that's how I feel nowadays. Yeah. If you don't keep your finger in the, um, the pulse of what's going on, uh, it's confusing. You're like, I don't know what all these terms mean. So anyways, let's start with gender fluid. So I'll give the definition that I went out and grabbed and then you're going to give yours, Billy. So, yeah. um, I read online that, and I just kind of mixed all these things together. Gender being gender fluid is the way some people feel they fit outside the gender binary. So whether gender binary is you're either male or female, uh, doesn't have to be fixed. It's like taking gender one day at a time instead of feeling tied to a single overarching gender label. So, Millie, what does being gender fluid mean to you? Yeah, well, I see a lot of, um, you know, a lot of sense in that, you know, in that description. This sort of one day at a time thing isn't sort of quite relative to me. It's not so much a, um, you know, a seesaw or a swing, you know, it's it's mm -hmm. not that kind of back and forth it's sort of more of an evolution and i suppose when i was uh, <clears throat> younger <laughs> we didn't really have the, we didn't really have uh, you know these descriptions either uh, i suppose the first it's not easy to answer that question but i i'll sort of skim through it and then i'm sure we'll cover a lot of stuff you know um a bit deeper the first label, I suppose, that I put on myself was bisexual. Mm. And that was just because I wound up in a position where I would have sex with men and women. And so it was kind of the easiest label to grab at the time. But there was always something, you know, something not quite right. There wasn't the same sexual attraction to a man that I felt to a woman, mm -hmm. but I was still having sex with men. Mm. And I didn't understand that, you know. I had relationships with women, but I didn't have relationships with men. Mm -hmm. But I loved having sex with men, and mm. I had a lot. And <laughs> trying to figure out why, you know, and, and, and a, a pattern sort of did emerge. And 
over time, I got to a point where I realised that my having sex with men was not me being attracted to man as a man. So I wasn't gay. Mm -hmm. But it was more satisfying something else as yet undefined in me. And I found that when, basically when I sat the cock, I felt a lot more at ease. I felt a lot more natural. I felt kind of more excited. And that evolved. And as I sort of understood more, I felt that this is my kind of female side. It felt like a feminine female feeling that I had when I was with a man. And and then fast forward, the you know the discovery, and that's why I wind up with gender fluid because it's uh it's something that first was more, and I understand it more, and other people you know kind of understand it more as well, because I think when you say bisexual, people think you are attracted to both sexes. Whereas I was not attracted to a man as a man. Uh, that sexual contact was satisfying the female in me, the femme part mm. of me. And that's why, you know, my my handle on the site is um, as a femboy, you know, Millie the femboy, because mm. I don't, uh, you know, I, I embrace the male side of me. I'm a boy. Uh but I'm, I'm very femme, but not in a kind of straight camp way, in a kind of I want to suck men's cocks and wear dresses kind of way. Mm. Um, and that's just on the exterior. And But then what that does for me inside is um, is infinitely bigger, actually more satisfying for me, mm. uh, which is why... Yeah, eventually, kind of having the, the physical sex, I stopped that as well. It was it was it was surplus, um, and so it's kind of moved from my body up into my mind, mm -hmm. and in my mind is where it feels uh, the most natural, and where I can be the most expressive. You know, I don't need to look or sound absolutely like a woman feel like a woman but I'm also I'm not transgender you know I'm not non-binary I don't want to change and to be a woman I have a lot of cunt envy as you know <laughs> um, but I love my cock so <laughs> well, and not enough to chop it off so right. you know and to, and to sort of become a woman and and, and might I say having summarized the last <clears throat> amount of years that it's taken me to go through that journey, summarizing all that in two minutes, I think is pretty impressive. <laughs> and that's, that, that is sort of essentially, you know, it, I mean, imagine having these feelings, but you're not gay and no, you're not, not strong enough that you want to be a woman, but you keep wanting to be a woman. <laughs> mm, yeah. Strong enough to actually go and do it, you know, there's not that there's not that thing in me that, you know, is so single, you know, minded or focused or or you know, fills me up a hundred percent in feeling. It's just a part of my feeling. And so because I have all these different parts of my feelings, I 
consider that quite fluid. You know, that is a fluid mm. sort of thing going on. Now, when I'm, you know, with you and when I'm in the, you know, pervert paradise, I, and I'm online and I do my sex calls, I am very much femme presenting, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but within all of that, there's still male sexual energy, you know, there's still those sort of attractions that a male traditionally has. Mm-hmm. And so it's like just a case of kind of trying to relax and just let whatever is more prevalent at the time, you know. Mm. And I, what I've actually found is that as I go into being more femme, my mood changes, it softens, there's less anger. That, you know, on all, all those kind of traditional things that you might associate between stereotypes of genders, I feel that as a positive for me. Mm. That's a long, that's a long de- uh, description, isn't it? Next question. <laughs> it's <laughs> Sorry, so... <I> <laughs> no, it's so complex. And it is. hopefully the questions that I have planned is going to help us dig into those layers because there's so yeah. much there it's so oh. fascinating now yeah <laughs> um you kind of hit on this in your um kind of two minute summary there was uh i didn't know this term until i started digging sexual fluidity fluidity um the idea that sexual orientations exist beyond straight bi or gay and might shift over the course of a person's lifetime. What do you think about that? Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that's in a sort of in a kind of an attraction type of way. Is that? Yeah. Well, yeah. Let's see, sexual orientations, and see. So you said that you know, I'm not gay. Um, yeah. But. Uh, like even I, this even got myself thinking because not to go too deep in, in to me, cause we're talking about you, but, um, you know, I, I enjoy women have enjoyed women physically and sexually. Um, and I don't consider myself bisexual because I don't want to date them. I just want to have sex with them. Right. So and of course, I've learned there's... I think that is the, that is the definition of bisexual, isn't it? It's so... sex. <laughs> I think. See, I also think that bisexual, you know, certainly for me, relates specifically to the act of sex. It's it's not yeah. about love or emotion. You know, it's about the sex. Mm. And if you're bisexual, you're having sex with both. I think it's a perfect definition for you. Well, and here's the thing, though, is. You know, just a small complaint about how we are nowadays, like our society, is that I've said this before, and of course there's definitions for it. And I'm like, there's too many fucking definitions. It's, <laughs> I'm hetero romantic, but bi sexual. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yes. Okay. So, got it. <laughs> yeah, the hetero romantic. Yeah. So, um, anyways, I, I thought about that because, uh, growing up, like when I was a teen, um, even early twenties, I never looked at women that way. 
and then um, it just kind of happened. Uh, you know, so it's kind of like uh, it, it shifted over a time, maybe. Uh, or maybe it's not a shift. Maybe it's just a circumstance. I don't know. So anyways, what do you think about that term in Funny. relation to yourself? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think it has changed. I think the, the feelings haven't changed. I think just my understanding of them have. You know, it, it, it's also, of course, connected to uh, my previous episode because part of the encounter with my sister wasn't sort of it, it, oh, how do I say it? it wasn't kind of a lot of it wasn't born out of sexual attraction or you know that male to female a lot of it was sort of exploratory and fascination and mm. jealousy and wishing that I was kind of you know had that body you know and all of that mm. as well as you know the, the clear obvious physical side um and so i think my kind of feelings about gender and about sex started from way back then you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i don't think they've changed because i think changing almost says like you go from one to another maybe you leave something behind and then you move on to something else whereas i don't feel like i've ever left anything behind yeah, I've just yeah. understood it more, and then, and more importantly, and this is a key, being able to create a, a, a living lifestyle that can sort of support and satisfy mm-hmm. those feelings. Yes, that yes. So yeah, so I wouldn't agree with that term for me. Yeah. To be fair. So you. I like what you just said because I know you can agree with this um, because you also do fun sex and it's often, yeah. it, it surprised me when I first started doing it and realizing I'm talking about cock pretty much all day with men, <laughs> you know, that's such a, such a um, regular call and I'm sure you that's all you get, <laughs> you know, yeah. men that are bi curious or whatever. Um, yeah. and so when you don't, I like that you have found a way to satiate these, you know, parts of you because you could be like a guy on the phone sex line just, um, cause I've gotten to know some of them that that's the only time they get to explore that side of themselves is, you know, calling yeah. a, phone sex operator yeah yeah and um because you know i do present very femme on there it, you know every load is it kind of it it, it yeah it's like it, it satisfies and it, it yeah it, it does something to that part of me mm. getting a guy yeah. off absolutely talking about cock um whether it's mine his someone else's but it's the getting them off mm-hmm. you know and that might be a real sort of traditionalist kind of view but that's what works for me when that when I can do you know because I can't I can't look like the woman that I feel right mm-hmm. and I can't live like 
the woman that I might feel. But in my head on the phone with a guy, I am a hundred percent that person. I can be a hundred percent because it's your mind and then your words in your mouth, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, um, even though I've obviously got a man's voice, I do go softer when I'm on doing my phone sex. <laughs> so, it, mm-hmm. you know, you've heard it, so you know it's softer than this. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's convincing enough, it's soft enough, and it's it's feminine. And you know, I get a lot of guys that are these kind of, you know, closets or, you know, they, they don't want to admit they like cock and so they, they like it dressed up in a in a skirt, you know, mm-hmm. feels. Um, they're not ready yet to just sort of, you know, have a guy come off a construction site and get his cock out, you know. <laughs> it's, much, yeah. it's much easier for them if, if they're wearing a dress. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I get a lot of those types of calls. And, you know, I'm, as I've always said, I'm not in it for the money. I'm literally in it to satisfy my own mm-hmm. femininity. Mm-hmm. I love it. And so... Mm. This next this next uh, definition just screamed out to me uh, about you. Um, gender expression is how a person presents gen- gender outwardly through behavior, clothing, voice, or other mm. perceived characteristics. Now, I'm mm. hearing, because I'm hearing in your... You know, in your world, it sounds like your femme side is very internal, though. That's where you're feeling it. Is It's like this lives in you. Um, yeah. Am I correct? In- it, yeah. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to express it, you know. It's been hard mm-hmm. to express it. And, and I have expressed it in, in different ways. I've, ex- I've expressed it, as, as I've already sort of said, by just kind of having sex with men but also dressing you know I to do a lot of dressing um I've got quite an extensive um wardrobe and that evolved you know from like when I first got into it it was sort of classic I wanted to wear all the underwear <laughs> mm, <laughs> and, dress, mm-hmm. and dress like a slut but my wardrobe now my femme wardrobe is far superior to my boy wardrobe you know, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. it's dresses and it's skirts and it's shoes and it's, you know, scarves yeah. and it's tops and it's, you know, it's proper, it's sort of proper dressing. And um, that's one way of expressing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but doing it, yeah, but, but, but really doing it. So it is externalised apart from when I'm presenting either you know, on the internet, um, like in Pervert's Paradise, where I can truly express that part of me, mm-hmm. or on the phone, you know. So it, I guess there is a, it might seem quite insular, but it's more about, it's more about physical anonymity mm-hmm. because, because there's such, you know, that, that kind of jarring difference between how you feel and how you look. Um, that I've found, you know, I, I've sort of fallen into these couple of forums where it doesn't matter what I look like. It is only about how I feel and I present. And so that's all me. That's all 100% me. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to be, I don't have to kind of, you know, try and cover anything up or hold anything back. Yeah. Whereas yeah. out, out in, in, you know, outside in the real world, I do. And I don't mind that. It's not, I'm not high, you know, I used to think for a while that I was sort of hiding something, but again, over time, I've realized it's not hiding. It's just, it's all part of me, right? It's all part of me. So when I'm out and, uh, you know, I'm swearing in the traffic <laughs> like a man, mm-hmm. I am a man. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing, you know. Uh, and I can get very bolshy and a bit, you know, sweary and shouty. A lot less now, you know, a lot less now, of course. It's it's helped the fencing. Um, but, you know, when I'm going to work and I'm wearing my work clothes or if I'm out in a shop, yeah, you know, I present male. Mm-hmm. Um, would I wear a dress out to the shops? Uh, or would I like to? Yeah, do you know what? I probably would like to, but I wouldn't because it's not that burning a desire, mm. you know, like a transgender, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, does. You know, that's, that's, that's sort of what they, that's why, you know, I know I'm not transgender because it was never that strong enough pull. I'd like to, but I don't, I don't need to, you know what I mean? Yeah, and so and I don't feel like I'm a fraud by not, because right. I'm all I also wear jeans and you know men's shoes and men's shirts and you know, yeah yeah kind of clothing. Um, so yeah, you know I found the outlet. That's what it is. So it is it is inside me. You're right, but I but I want it to be clear. It's not in a kind of hiding it or uh, because I can't express mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm on this podcast is because I'm living a life now where I do feel as sort of complete as I ever have been yeah and so I do have those outlets to express well and it it seems like it's more so you know say the femme side is you know when you fulfill that side of yourself it's really just for you and like no one else where I feel like some men that like feminize and they go out in public it's it's for them but it's also um how do I put that not for other people but do you see what I'm trying to say like I just feel like like satiating that side of yourself is really just kind of a a selfish, um, and not selfish in a bad way, but it's like, I just need to do this because it feels good and it feels right. And it's not for anyone else, but myself. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's, it's actually, you know, for health reasons, like mental health reasons. It is, Mm. it's the thing that keeps me balanced. It's the thing that, you know, that, that finally I, I feel settled. If you also think about, you know, gender fluid as a capsule, think about it in a capsule, that fluid, and how it doesn't take a lot of movement, does it, for it all to be sloshing around. Mm, mm-hmm. And so when you need that to be still, it turns out it's taken quite a lot of work to get that capsule in a position that is steady and still. 
and therefore, you know, there's less sloshing mm-hmm. and a bit more settled. It's still fluid, yeah. but it's just not sloshing around so much. I see. Yeah. You know, so I, I feel the most settled that I've ever felt now. That's great. Even though I lead a more insular, you know, sort of self-ish, self-centered life, but that's because through trial and error, um, you know, it's it's what I've realized that I actually need. Yeah. You know. I'm going to, because on my little search online for definitions, I started looking at, um, I think it popped up, celebrities that um, mentioned they were gender fluid. And just one, I'm going to read this. Um, his name's Tommy Dorfman. I think he's a actor. Um, he says, my therapist recently reflected that my insides might not match my outsides, that my feminine and masculine identities might be in conflict with each other, thus hindering my chances at serenity with myself. And I just, what you just said made me think of that right there, the serenity within himself to, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the piece I can't wait to, because we're, you know, you know me, we're going to dig into this. I can't wait to see how that journey became to where you're, where you're at now, knowing, oh, I can do these things and I feel at peace with internally, you know? Mm -hmm. I should have had, um, I should have had their therapist. Right. It would have have been a lot easier for me. <laughs> yeah. I had to do it all on like, my own. Yeah, you've just been sloshing about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fuck. So, if that's that easy. So, um, let's let's start digging into that. So let's talk about when you were a boy, you know, a young boy. Mm. Um, you know, so did you feel any kind of gender things then when you were young? In short, no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not a great podcast answer, <laughs> but in <laughs> next question, in short, no, but in hindsight, I can now, I can see markers, you know, Mm. I can see markers from, you know, having sex with my sister, but Mm. sort of at a point being much more interested in examining her than I was in like getting, getting off on it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. from that right through to, you know, going out in full, um, kit when I was about, how old was I? I must have been about 16. Um, going out in full kit to the Rocky Horror show. Uh, you know, full stockings and the whole, the whole works. Oh. But as a bit of a laugh, you know, just as a bit of a, like a joke, because men could do that, you know, you can do that when you go to the Rocky Horror Picture show. 
Mm. You can, mm-hmm. there's a lot of transvestism, so you can do that. Transvestitism. Mm-hmm. Transvestitism. Um, so nobody, you know, thought anything of it. Yeah. I don't think I thought anything of it. Only when you look back and you go, oh, right, okay. Or to, you know, being a huge fan of Eddie Izzard, you know, when he first sort of came mm-hmm. out, and following him religiously, you know, to his gigs and dressing up to go to one of his gigs as well, by the way. Ah. That's an interesting, fuck, that's an interesting, just as a little side note, right? In in England, there's a place called Brighton, okay? It's a, it's a, it's a town on the south coast. And it is it is the gay capital of the UK, right? It's oh. well known. There's a big gay community, you know, so it's very sort of liberated, very you know, and like that. And Eddie is. I went and did a gig there, and I went to I went to it, and I thought it's in Brighton, so I went sparkly and dressed. <laughs> the only fucking one in a theatre of about three thousand. <laughs> no way. I'm like, where the fuck are all the queens? Where are the queens? Where's all this fucking spritz? Where's all the sparkle? Yeah. It's just like me and Eddie, we're the only ones with our nails done. You know? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh my God. <laughs> I but yeah, so I, I didn't feel like a girl, but when I look back, those were the early markers. Mm. You know? Now, when you were dressing up to go, like, to the show, like, the Rocky Horror and uh, the concert, like, did you, in that moment, as a young adult, think, uh, like, what were you thinking then, you know, um, were you? I was thinking, I want to wear that stuff. I want to wear it. I want to wear it. I want to feel it on me. I want to wear it. But Mm. I got an excuse to wear it because these things that I'm going to are places where men, you know, dress up yeah. like that yeah. under the guise of having a laugh. Yeah. You know, yeah. but I want to wear that stuff mm-hmm. and I want to, and I want to know what it feels like wearing it out as well, mm. you know, wearing it outside. Um, yeah. That's what I was feeling. The first time you did and you went to that rocky horror was that the first time mm. you really kind of put on clothes how mm. like how did that feel well i you know i got dressed at home mm. obviously mm-hmm. so i could enjoy that kind of on my own and you know i was living at home and so yeah, to go and buy the stuff and yeah, but it's for the show. It's for the show, Mum. It's for the show, <laughs> <laughs> right? But when I'm trying it on, I definitely, I definitely wiped off in it for sure. Mm. And I loved, you know, the feeling. Mm-hmm. It's something it felt, you know, it felt. Oh my god, they get to wear this all the time if they want. <laughs> <laughs> I want to wear it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, you know, that again was sort of, you know, there was a bit of sexual stuff, but it was also, you know, again, it was like, well, they, they do it and I want to do that. Mm-hmm. So again, sort of early markers, if you look back in hindsight. Sure. So 
after that, um, what did you do to kind of explore the, um, feminizing? When did that come, um, come up again in your life? Well, it, it, you know, I then sort of left home a couple of years later, obviously I was in, you know, living away, I was independent, I could be a bit more exploratory. I, I didn't have, I didn't start having sex with men until I was sort of in my early 20s. So I suppose that kind of late teens, early 20s, I wasn't really doing a lot actively. I think I was sort of caught up quite a lot in, um, you know, in just the flushes of, like, youth and, um, you know, exploring life and stuff. So, you know, and it's not like I desperately wanted to be a woman. So I was quite happy being a boy and having a lot of sex with girls. No sex with boys. But I did find myself in moments of, uh, you know, in moments when I was maybe a little high, I would have a look at my group of friends and I would maybe at night, you know, think about what it would be like to get into bed with them, you know. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't really, you know, again, that wasn't sort of expressive. It was my own little, you know, white fantasies, I suppose. Right. But I did I did have them, but I just put that down to, you know, being high and partying and, yeah. you know, I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure lots of people have these kinds of, you know, weird thoughts when you're high or coming down or something. And mm. um, that's kind of what I put that down to. And I suppose, really, it was after my first encounter uh, with a guy that kind of kick-started things off. It will be no surprise to hear. <laughs> you know. Mm. So, what made you finally give in to those wink fantasies of being with a man? Well, Miss <laughs> Beatrix, <laughs> it's quite a story, and um. I did say that I would be honest on here, didn't I? Yeah. And that I would answer any questions. So, so I will. I will. Um, <sighs> fucking hell. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So, so it obviously been building up a long time mm-hmm. because of the manner in which it don't happen. So let's just cut to the chase. Mm-hmm. Um, I got married quite young mm-hmm. to a woman and we went on our honeymoon to uh, Spain and we went to a coastal resort and I smuggled out some acid with me and unbeknownst to her. So I, we we were decided to go for kind of, you know, we we're on the coast so Quite a sort of big, you know, rocky, sort of cliffy, sort of mountainy type of, you know, coastline. So there's plenty of walking that you could do. And we decided to go for a walk up the hill. And 
And I so I, <laughs> I took a little bit of acid, again unbeknownst to her. <laughs> we and we started walking up the hill. And after a little while, she got tired, and she wanted to stop. Now I was get, I was being powered by, you know, strong drugs, so I could carry on walking. I was like, no, you know what? I'm just gonna I'm enjoying the walk. I'm gonna go on for a walk, um, and I will, you know, and I'll meet you back at the hotel. Not a problem, you know, don't mind. And so she was okay with that. And so off I went. And I came walking, at, walking up this mountain or hillside path. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling this story. I mean, this is what happened. I'm not saying I'm proud of this or that this was the right way to behave or how it was sort of maybe disrespectful to my wife, you know, and all of those things, I'll leave those judgments up to the people that are listening. Or you, you know. <laughs> but I rounded a corner and sitting on a bench, not very far away from me, was a Spanish man who was naked, was probably at that point twenty, at least 20 years older than me. Um, just playing with himself, and I was transfixed. Mm-hmm. I got an immediate erection, and just I just walked over to him silently with my, you know, cock sticking, you know, making a mm-hmm. tent in my shorts, mm-hmm. and um, just stood in front of him while he while he touched himself, and he pulled down my shorts and started sucking my cock and playing with me uh and in that moment you know i was loving it mm-hmm. and he he ba- you know he, he he basically sort of stuck my cock and then wanked me off to a finish but the thing that you know stuck with me is that once I came, I didn't want to, like, leave. I wanted to suck his cock. Mm. And I did. And I sort of basically got on the ground, like, on my knees between his legs. And I sucked his cock after I'd come. When, you know, as men often will come and then they're, they're done. Yeah. You know, come and done. But I was still sexually really charged. Uh, and I, I know, I went to work on his cock. I fucking devoured it, and mm-hmm. I made him come. And that was my first time. And it was only on reflection. It was, you know, again another little sort of signpost was why was I so keen to suck his cock, even though I had come. Yeah. And I didn't know him. You know, yeah. why did I want to make? Why did I want to make him come? Why? <laughs> that's that's a very non-masculine non-masculine um, behavior because I know you know like uh, some of the guys on phone sex they don't want to talk about cock unless they're hard and then I just assume they come and they never even think about it until you know it pops up again yeah. so that's a very non-masculine behavior there I would definitely yeah. say. 
And and I did reflect on that, and that was my first experience. And then and then after that, it was essentially, I suppose, chasing that feeling because mm-hmm. I knew it felt like something, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure it wasn't just because I was high, although that that was a large, you know, that did have a it was a big piece of the the, the puzzle. Let's not uh, let's not pretend otherwise. Mm-hmm. But. You know, I didn't have the feelings like a couple of days later where you're sort of after the event and, you get, and you're horrified. I was just like, yeah, yeah I'd do that now. You know, I'd do it now and I'm straight. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's, you know, what the fuck, is, what, what's all this about? And that's really, you know, when when it kind of really started, I started to explore a lot more about why I felt the way that I felt. Mm-hmm. Whereas I hadn't really up to that point. I just knew that I had all these different feelings. Um, but didn't have didn't have anywhere didn't have anywhere to plant the flag. <laughs> I knew I wasn't I knew I wasn't gay. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, why do I want to stuff? Why do I keep thinking about men if I'm not gay? Right. You know. Right. You know, but now I was I had a different feeling, and yeah, that's where it started. Now, the the guy, the first guy, you know, you had that overwhelming desire to make him come. Now, what mm. about when you're with a woman, you know, was that, was it the same feeling making her come? It was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. I And I would consider myself, you know, uh, a much more giving lover mm. than a selfish lover. I, mm-hmm. yeah. When I was with a woman, I did want to make her feel good. <laughs> But I wanted to make her feel, you know, again, it's in hindsight. <laughs> uh, but I realised, you know, that ultimately in the end, the the making her feel good was so that I could, in some weird way, vicariously experience it. Mm-hmm. Because I'm sort of present and I'm, you know, what I'm doing is making her have that feeling and there's some sort of connection. I mean, as well as, you know, enjoying just, just fucking them, right? I mean, you know, it's not like I, I don't enjoy straight sex. Loved it. Loved it. Um, but, yeah, there was I, was, I was a very giving mm-hmm. lover. And I did want to make them feel good. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> weird thing. not so much for their pleasure. But right. <laughs> They happen to get a good, you know, a good little sort of byproduct. Yeah. In that they had a good time. <laughs> they felt good. But I don't know if that was truly my motivating factor. Mm-hmm. When I, I would assume that, you know, for you, uh, being with a woman as well, you are fascinated with that organ between her legs so <clears throat> i would imagine that that's a tread tread carefully Beatrix. <laughs> Do, i can hear you i can hear you by the way i can hear you taking a run-up you just be careful with the language that you start using <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so <laughs> I do <clears throat> want to get into that in a very um, podcasty way, <laughs> whatever mm-hmm. that means. 
that you did hit on it before, but I want people to, um, and if you listen to his sister episode, I think you do get that idea that Millie has a like fascination with the female vagina. And, you know, when we were planning the sister episode, that's why um, this topic got brought up because you were so fascinated with your sisters this is such an early age and then it just kind of never stopped right um yeah and what well, eventually <laughs> yeah um and I, I i just i'm probably going to embarrass you so <laughs> i don't care that i am so sorry but not sorry um <laughs> so to tell people that are listening so so me and millie we became friends uh, through pervert paradise, right? And we, we, ch- we chat on the side here and there, you know, just as friends and, um, <laughs> and talking with Millie often can, can get sexual. I mean, we're online in a perverted paradise, right? So we, mm-hmm. we're already turned on. So anyway, so we're just kind of, you know, talking about, um, vaginas and, I like showing mine. I get a thrill thrill out of it. So I sent Millie a few pictures, okay, for the first okay. time. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> and I loved it because I knew that um I knew that it would turn him on, but I knew that it was satisfying uh that obsessive thing he has with vaginas, right? So um, yeah. the next day I wake up and I get the picture of my vagina with literal edits on the picture, like pointing at certain things like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> like, see how the lips do this, you know, like very scientific, um, methodical notes. And I loved it. Like it is such a t- such a turn on <laughs> <laughs> having yeah, your they... vagina labeled right scientifically right. yeah i've never had my vagina labeled um <laughs> but it was adorable for one and just fascinating because and actually it just let me in even more on how his brain works because and they weren't like it's nothing that he's saying like bad like those kind of labels it's more labels like um factual right observational yes yes observational um Mm -hmm. and so i'd never you know usually you send a picture of your vagina to a man and it's like oh the things i would do if i you know could fuck it or whatever (laughs) no millie's is (laughs) observational um unpacking of your vagina so (laughs) Unpacking is a nice word, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, so why I'm bringing this up is because, um, let me see how to word this. Okay. So you have the obsession with the, the female vagina, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but not so, not so intensely that you want to go chop your dick off and have your own. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
let me ask you this. If you were 22 years old, say, and you had the knowledge you have now about your gender fluidity, mm -hmm. um, would you consider something like that? No, I wouldn't. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would. No, mm -hmm. I wouldn't. Even with the knowledge that I have now, I would. Uh, no. Because I would just be living this life then. Mm -hmm. If I had that drive, if I had that, you know, burning that, you know, I am in the wrong body. Mm. Then, um, no, then, then, then I would have pursued it then. So I don't think I would. No. And also, you know, I happen to have a quite an attractive cock. I mean, there's not many of them out there. I've seen enough. Yeah. I've fucking sucked. I've sucked enough. Yeah. And trust me, I happen to have a nice one. So I've always enjoyed it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Um, so when you have, and when you have had, let, let me change that because I, when you have had sex with women in the past, are you doing that same thing where you're just observationally, but also giving pleasure, right? Um, having sex mm -hmm. with her. But describe what that's like because you're so, you have that obsession with it. Well, you know, it would it would be a lie if I didn't say a large portion of it is sort of carnal, you know, carnal pleasure as a man, you know, the, the feelings of being touched in the right places and, you know, putting things in certain places and all that stuff. Do I get a lot of pleasure as a man? But, yeah, there were times, there were times when, as I said, really, like before, it's, it, there were times when I would, I would be sort of, I would be in both places, you know, I'd be enjoying the sensation of having sex in my body, but I would also be looking at hers. Um, how her hips were, the, where the sweat went, you know, how her tits moved when she changed, you know, position, but not from a kind of, oh, they look great, but from a, I wonder if that feels good, you know. Mm -hmm. Does she feel good? Or there must look at that body she must be loving that body if i had that body i'd be loving that body you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i if i had the legs you know so there was also a part of that you know mm -hmm. um with the more attractive ones at least yeah um and with the slightly less attractive ones maybe quite thankful to be in my body <laughs> because i thought that isn't the kind of woman i'd want to be so <laughs> You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 all of the feet this is probably see. It's all of the feelings. Yeah. It's just the fluidity thing. It's all of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine a noise in my head. Imagine a noise. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so yeah, all of yeah, that. Now when are there times when you feel 
strictly masculine energy. Like that femme side is not going to come out at all. And the same question to the femme side. Do you know what's interesting about that? Is that at the moment, because of the way that I've constructed my life, I would say that my femme side is, it is more, it's more prominent, but it, it's not always, it's not always out, it's hard to describe, it's not always outward facing, so we've already, I've already described, you know, the stuff from Perfect Paradise and the phone sex, that is very sort of outward facing. And then there's the kind of, you know, when I, I get dressed up on my own, that's obviously just for me, but it's still quite a physical thing. It's more like it permeates, it has permeated its way into my wider being. So although I'm not, I'm not especially effeminate when I'm out in the world dressed as a boy, I am feeling... I just sort of, I feel less of the, years ago, I feel less of the testosterone. There you go. Mm -hmm. That's probably the best way to describe it. Mm -hmm. The things that testosterone bring in a male, you know, mm -hmm. I feel that a lot less. Just through, my, I think, nature, you know, through my sort of adopting, my sort of understanding and adopting and embracing and then, you know, acting out on my femme side, I think it's, just, it's naturally sort of just push that testosterone down a bit. Mm. And it, it makes for a more, it makes for a much calmer life, I found. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I very rarely, I don't really enjoy actually being too masculine now, you know, in a traditional sense. Mm -hmm. That you might think, you know, when someone says, you know, masculine in the sort of classic sense, I don't really feel a lot of that anymore. And I'm thankful for it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think also separately, that's got a lot to do with, you know, an, you know another little cog <laughs> in the machine is the fact that I have, re I have repressed my sex drive. And so by doing that, that sort of seems to keep the testosterone down as well. So there is, my sort of femme side is much more present, I would say, now than it ever has been. And mm -hmm. so, and I choose. And did I hear you correctly? Because so you are celibate right now. Yeah. Um. Did I hear you correctly in that? Over five years, by the way. Wow. Yeah. Um, uh, by that... the way, it's five years, in, I just say, in those five years, I've had the best sex I've ever had. With yourself. I'll, figure, I'll let you figure that one out. <clears throat> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to say with yourself is what that means. Solo sex. Yeah? Mm. Best sex ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're you're saying that you're kind of that masculine energy 
naturally diminished from being celibate. Yes, um, but it's but it's also kind of well. The celibacy is obviously a, a choice, but the suppressing of my sex drive, which is medical, has also had a large. You know, that makes it easier to be celibate, of course. But also, mm. just just having that suppressed does. Yeah, I think mm. all contrib all contributes to sort of diminishing, sort of like. Um, uh, rushes, let's say, of testosterone, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's that fascinating. Sort of... I really, really do. On like a biological human level, because sex is so, can be biological, right? And so mm -hmm. that's fascinating to me. And I do not have enough <laughs> scientific background to even talk on that, but that's that's where my mind's going is how do you mean so because you're not you know actively having sex um mm. and you know in, in a traditional sense men have to be the predator and that see that's the wrong term i'm using predator in the sense of predator and prey okay so like the more dominant role. <laughs> yeah. Let's um, use hunter. Hunter and hunters. There Is that you slightly go. better than predator? Yeah. Predator doesn't oh, work well. Marginally <laughs> better than predator. Marginally. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the man is often, not all the time, but often uh, the one that has to do the seeking, you know, do the yeah. work and, you yeah. know, you're tapping yeah. into that masculine energy. Yeah. Um, Very much so. Yeah. So you not having sex, it's not like you're not practicing that side of yourself. Right? Exactly. Exactly. So it's all, it's all, you know, it's kind of incremental. The, these little things over time mm -hmm. that result mm -hmm. to where I am now, but they all yeah. contribute the diminishing sense of um of you know strong maleness or you know yeah. high testosterone led behavior mm -hmm. um which i don't i didn't enjoy mm -hmm. <clears throat> so let's talk about the um the dressing so you said you have the dresses the shoes the nails and such um how often do you dress up like a female this is really interesting actually <laughs> it, it's absolutely feast or famine mm. i will go through phases i mean i will literally go through phases okay i i and this is not uncommon but i always wear um women underwear so don't blame I always, yes. I mean, you know, they're just not. It's nicer, but it's also then a constant, not a reminder, but it's a constant thing for me. I've got women's, you know, knickers on, panties, mm -hmm. um, and often a bra as well because I, I can get away with like a small bra, um, and that that makes you know just having that the straps or having the material 
touching me is is just that kind of warm feeling of mm. you know reaffirmation to myself so that that's every day that's a constant but in terms of dressing up yeah it's kind of feast or famine i will go through phases where i'll dress every day you know for a couple of months mm-hmm. um when i'm at home and then i'll i might go for six months with not at all yeah, yeah, it's really, it really is. That That is harder to pin down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not like a daily, that's not like a daily swish back and forth. That's a, I'll go, I'll go through phases and then I'll, I'll shop. And I enjoy the sort of the, the way that I shop, all the way that I kind of acquire <laughs> clothes. <laughs> and um, there's an excitement in that as well. Uh, that's, that's a whole nother story, of course. About how I do that? No, I don't just go into a shop and buy them. Of course, that'd be easy and simple. Um, I use a much more complicated but exciting <laughs> way of doing. It. Well, please tell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Okay, all right. This is this is fucking. I can't even believe it. I'm going to say it out loud. This oh is mental. God. I'm so... so. Yeah, please go. All right, so I use Facebook, right, Marketplace. Yeah. Because it's always local to your area, unlike yeah. eBay or anything else like that. Yeah. And I will... <laughs> I'll see something, you know. And I'll, I'll, I'll make contact, and yeah, it's available. Da, 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 da. And then I'll go around and I'll collect it. And... There's not a doubt. Well, is there a doubt in my mind? I'm almost convinced that none of those women, for a second, think it's for me. Yeah. I'm sure they all think it's for my partner. Mm-hmm. But I secretly hope that part of them does. Just wonder. <laughs> Just wonder. You know, is he going to be wearing my old dress? Or, yeah. I mean, you can't believe it's like some women sell bras. Is he going to be wearing my old bra? You know, is he? And um, that's not the worst bit though, because I also, oh god, when I collect it at the door, it's obviously a very short transaction, and in mm. in that time that I'm there, I as much as I can absorb that individual into my mind. Mm. And then when I put the stuff on later, I imagine what it would be like the clothes on her. Mm. How that bra would have been filled up with her tits. How that dress would have stuck because I saw her legs and her ass. You know, that's why that dress is so nice. How much that felt on her? What did it look like on her while I'm putting it on? That's only in the initial, um, you know, initial, like when I get home and I initially try it, I don't keep going back to that like some serial killer. That's just in the initial thing. <laughs> and then after that, you know, it's mine. After that, it's mine. Yeah. I don't think about it. Every time I put it on, go, oh, my God, I wonder what it's felt like. <laughs> um, 
but uh, but I do the first time. I do the first time. But, you know, I don't think in this kind of creepy way. It's just me. Again, it's just me. It's just all part of the fucking soup, isn't it? It's all yeah. part of what goes into the blender. And, and that I found really exhilarating and sort of exciting. And in, in another weird way, just a, another small, like, connection, touch connection with femininity and femaleness, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't see it as creepy at all. I see it like deviously pervy, you know, like not even pervy. I, w- I wouldn't even call it pervy, but it's like deviously something that <laughs> something. Not, yeah. Naughty girl. Um something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all my fucking life I've been saying, well it's something. It's yeah. something. What the yeah. fuck is it? It's something. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. It's not even sexual. It's not even like I'm looking at them like I want to fuck them. Or I'm, yeah. I'm looking at them so I can get a quick idea of their body so that I can imagine what their body was like wearing that item of clothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I hope everyone's getting off to this because, I mean, <laughs> if, that, if that doesn't turn you on, I don't know what will. <laughs> think i'll be telling you that today i have to say i'm so proud of you so you've winked it out of me you You praised it out of me (laughs) i love it though because and if i know a lot of men that um god that brings up another point that i wanted to bring up um it makes me i i in the past i have worked with a lot of men that say they're sissies right and so i feel like they would love that story and so these are men that just simply cross-dress i don't feel like it goes as deep uh so i'll just go into how i wanted to bring this up to you do you like ever think the word sissy is a term for you No. Uh, and I, I speak to a lot of sissies too. Mm-hmm. A lot. Mm-hmm. On the phone. Phone sex. I don't know. I, I, I think... I think we probably have a similar kind of view. And I think for me, when I have sissies calling me, they are men who like to be dominated, dressed up as women and sort of, you know, made to... Made to kind of, you know, suck cock, made to, like, you know, being told that they are effeminate or, you know, that it's there to sort of service men. And I don't know, I'm not entirely sure where that comes from. I don't know if these guys have the same feelings as me, whether they sort of feel kind of like a girl or or feminine or femme or whether it's more a power thing mm. or humiliation thing mm. you know uh, i do find it hard to imagine that any guy would entertain talking about sucking a cock 
if they were straight. So, you know, I, I, I do believe there is there's somewhere along that sexuality spectrum they are, but I don't know how much of that is about being feminine or feminized. Yeah, it's a, it's yeah. tricky, right? It's a tricky one. So, But I would say it doesn't apply to me. I don't feel like a sissy. I wouldn't say I'm a sissy. Um, I mean, if anything, I'm much more um, a mistress than I'm a sissy. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you're 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 Miss Miss Beatrix, and I am Mistress Millie to a lot of my <laughs> sissies. Mm -hmm. um, you know. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because in a I think in a couple of weeks I'll be doing an episode with. Um, I'm bringing on, he's actually a, a, a dear, dear customer of mine um, that is a sissy. And because I've been wanting to do one on sissies, mm. I figured I need to bring on a sissy in order to do an episode on sissies. But I will be with, listening to that. I'll be listening to that because <laughs> yeah. it'd be you know, interesting to hear it from, again, you know, from somebody's own story. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm very, very interested in it myself at this point, really digging into this with you because um, he's not a sissy in the way that he likes to be humiliated for it. He doesn't, that doesn't turn him on. Um, he wears panties every day. Uh, now, I think the thing that's different between the two of you, he does want a dominant woman to own him, right? To be submissive to um, but the cross-dressing and things of that nature, I think it is wanting to feel like a woman, wanting to experience that. His run's pretty deep, where that's why I feel like there's two types of sissies, main Speak. types. Yeah. Oh, did you, I lost you then. Oh. That shouldn't happen, should it, on a podcast? No. I'm going to note, let me note this time so I can go and edit it. One... Um, but I feel like there's two types of main sissies. You've got the ones that have no interest in, in really looking pretty, right? It's like, mm. I'm going to look ridiculous, uh, as a crossdresser, but that's what turns me on is to hear you make fun of that and being forced yeah, to suck exactly. And then you yeah, have some sissies. The, the classic yeah yeah <laughs> then you have some sissies and i feel like are flirting with where you're at i feel like some of their mm. toes go into that feeling a little bit and mm. that yeah i don't want to be trans but mm. i want to feel like a woman mm. um, but i think what you're missing uh comparatively to them as they don't you don't want a mistress you know, no, no. that's a, that's a big piece for some sissies. So, okay. All right. Definitely wanted to add that one in. Um, let's go back to the feminizing part. So it's feast or famine, feast or famine with your mm. dressing up. Um, yeah. when, when you dress up, you're at home alone. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? Because see me, <laughs> if I wear a dress all day to work, I'm coming home. I'm putting, taking that shit off and putting on some comfy pajamas, taking off mm. the bra, 
you know, so like, mm. what are you doing at home? Uh, I'm literally just doing, just kind of, you know, I'm, I, I'm as normal as I can be, mm. you know, I mean, now, obviously there have been times when I was exploring and, you know, then it would be, there would be quite a lot, it would be sexual, you know, I would get off in the clothes and, you know, do a lot of walking up and down the hard floors in my heels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I could hear them clip-flop. But, yeah, it did kind of evolve into just, you know, cooking or cleaning or, you know, mm-hmm. putting the dishwasher on or just just normal stuff because I wanted to, be, you know, I like the feeling of how it felt on me when I just moved around, when I, you know, bent over or, you know, had to pick something up or when I went to, you know, reach for something, but actually, oh, I can't reach, I, you know, my legs don't open as far in a dress or a skirt as mm-hmm. they would if I was wearing, you know, trousers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that feeling, that kind of feeling of not restriction, difference, the feeling of difference, you know, how, you know, if I'm wearing heels, it means there is some movement, some things that I can't do if I'm wearing flats. And I like the difference being at the full, you know, mm-hmm. and being something that I could, I could kind of like sink into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just, yeah, just normal stuff. I mean, yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't do it, you know, a huge amount. I would kind of make a point of having things to do, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so I, I just come home, I get changed and then just sit down. But, you know, but inevitably there's also that, there is just leisure. And so, you know, I would also, you know, I'd, I'd lounge in, in some of the less kind of formal stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's still, it's still, but it's still femme, you know. That t-shirt, instead of being a boy's t-shirt, it is slightly more maybe cropped, a little bit higher at the shoulder, different kind of neckline. You know, it's slightly like you know, it's just it's a girl's it's a girl's top, so yeah, it yeah. feels different, you know, to me. So you're simply just trying to feel, um, physically feel like a woman, be in a woman's shoes. Just yeah, just around your yeah, yeah. Because you you know, I can't feel like a woman, but I try and get as close to how I imagine it, Mm -hmm. based on you know all of the data that I've inputted Mm -hmm. over time, Mm -hmm. um, to try and get to that sort of feeling. And um, Mm -hmm. it's a lot harder to do physically than it is just in your mind. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I still I still go through periods of doing it, and when I am doing it, it is for that purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, if you, you know, at your age now, <clears throat> if you hadn't arrived, I'm very young right now. <laughs> Just to make that clear. <clears throat> no, he's not. Um, <laughs> Uh, so if you arrived here and you hadn't quite figured yourself out yet, 
Um, earlier, way, way earlier, you mentioned mental health. So if, if someone was to, you know, push aside and try to push it down, these femme feelings, you know, um, what would that be like if you didn't explore and, and do these things like, you know, cross dress or do your phone sex or present a certain way online? What would that be like if you didn't do it? Well, I can't speak for everybody, uh, but for me, it was probably a decade of, of um, you know, high drug use. That's how I dealt with it. Nothing complicated, rather blunt instrument. Mm. Uh, But I can't speak for anyone else. That's how I dealt with it. But it was slight, it wasn't 100% suppressing. It was more, there was a bit of suppression, but actually it was probably more just confusion than suppression. Mm. It was. Yeah, it was just when I thought, not just when I thought, but I would have thoughts that um, maybe it's because of that. And and then another thing would happen. I'd be like, well, it can't be because, you know, like a, a, about the gay thing. You know, it's like, well, I can't be gay because I, I like fucking women, right? So mm-hmm. I can't be gay. But it wasn't as simple as that because there was that confusion about, well, then why? That's just an example that I've already mentioned. So it was more confusion and also really not knowing how to, not knowing kind of how to explore or how to deal with it. It was only as I got a bit older that, you know, I was able to to kind of initially physically explore it. So, you know, like I said, exploration of sex. Sex was a massive part of my life until I stopped having it. Um and, you know, through that process of different partners, different genders, swinging um, adventures, you know, um, phone sex, clubs, dressing up, you know, it was all kind of part of the melting pot. But there was, the, it was like, it was imagine like a drunk just sort of crashing from one side of the room to the other and knocking plates over. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like that. You know, I thought I'd found something and, you know, it didn't make any sense. So I suppose, you know, quite high drug use. Um, I had a great time, by the way, having drugs. It wasn't sort of, you know, crying and hiding away. But it was definitely, definitely, um, without question, it was it was sort of as a distraction and as a sort of, mm-hmm. you know, I'm fine because I can just have a good time and that sort of simmering in the back. Yeah, that's what I would say. That's what I say. So it wasn't really suppression because it's not. I didn't really understand it to mm-hmm. suppress it. Do you get what I'm saying? I do. I do. That's yeah. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I would say to that. Yeah. Um. I think if you've you've taught me anything, I feel like I've arrived at this understanding, and it's you know not just you. It's like these things I knew about other people, but I really think that gender, I've missed thinking of gender on a spectrum, you know, and that, 
started thinking about this when we were talking about sissies, right? So, you know, you have like the, the very light version that like tap into femininity for humiliation purposes. So, you know, mm. then you have way over here, um, you know, uh, you, and then maybe in the middle, there's maybe, um, drag queens. Uh, then there's, you know, it's just all these different ways to kind of manipulate and play with gender a bit. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating. It's fascinating for me because, you know, I, I'm a person I've never, I don't ever feel that kind of, um, like you were talking about the water. I don't ever feel, it always feels still where I'm at. Mm. Um, so it's very, it's very challenging for me to put myself in your shoes. Um, and, and imagine that, but you're trying to put yeah. yourself in my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Constantly. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and inside your vagina, but you know, but, but in a, in a kind of get under your skin type of way. Yeah. Yeah. Rather than, you know, penetrative. Right. <laughs> like if I'm, if I'm masturbating, it's hot to you. Not because I'm masturbating. It's hot because I bet you would want to just lay in my body and know what it's like to rub a vagina. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the hottest phone sex I could have with you is you sort of anatomically describing step by step, you know, your masturbation, mm-hmm. you know, not, Oh, I'm fingering myself. No, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to know which finger, how long, how much, how wet, how soft, you know, mm. which way you're moving it, why are you touching that part of the lip with that part of your thing, you know? Mm. Mm-hmm. Not, it's not very sexy, I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I want you to talk dirty to me. I want you to talk medically. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> um, and when you turn on porn, is that what, what's going through your mind too? If you're watching porn is really studying the way that woman touches herself. Well, no, I'm kind of, I'm sort of beyond that now. I mean, it did, you know, it did come up in my early porn use, you know, sort of in the same way that it came up with my sister, you know, it was very similar sort of fascination with, but I kind of passed that pretty quickly. Um, and I don't really watch a huge amount of porn anymore. Again, it's all gone with the sex drive, thankfully. But if I do watch it, it's kind of, you know, I watch more sort of like the hypno, hypno sissy stuff, mm. which is, you know, about mind, about mind melding. Mm-hmm. I like there's a lot of trigger words that work for me um, in that sort of genre. You know, I don't watch, I don't, you know, really just sort of watch fucking. Because what's the point, you know? Mm-hmm. I could do that myself if I wanted to. Yeah. Um. You know, or if it's more traditional porn, it will be kind of where the girl is, you know, very much being trashed. Almost sort of misogynistic in a way. Mm. Because, you know, as well as my envy, you know, there, 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 are, there are little frissons of frustration you know, that come out, um, and jealousy, you know, and yeah. so I quite also like 
occasional bit of misogyny to see that, you know, that that girl who knows what she's all about and she knows that she's fucking hot and she's a girl and she's loving it. So, you know, let's fucking let's let's fuck the shit out of her mm-hmm. with as many cops as possible. Mm-hmm. So I sometimes have to kind of get that's but a male sort of thing, isn't it? Misogyny. It is, yeah. Um, yeah. and so it you know occasionally it'll come up like, but again that you know that can be in like an angry sort of porn wank. <laughs> you kind of get that, you know, yeah. fucking women with their fucking vaginas and their fucking tits, <laughs> and they're and they're they're loving themselves and all that kind, of, you know, that kind of stuff. But yeah. that's that's very rare. I mean, you know, most of it is a sort of is like the hypno stuff and the changing genders. You know, there's some great ones that I go back to. I have to say mm-hmm. that are quite sort of unusual in the way they present. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. it's like transformational hypno stuff. Where they go from a boy to a girl is 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 really fucking hot for me. Have you listened to Bambi Sleep? No. Mm. I don't think so. I don't know what Bambi Sleep is. I'm curious if you would like. It's a um very curious. It's a sissy hypno. Um, it must have been a man that created it because the voice is um wrote a robotic woman the whole time but that's what makes it hot um oh is that one well, maybe i have i mean i i watch videos with that with that 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 voice i know exactly what you mean by that voice well this will tell you if you've heard it so his thing is um turning into a bimbo and one of the triggers is uh like the sound effect of a balloon uh expanding and that it's it's fascinating because you know he goes oh. through the whole thing like okay now your tits are growing okay now you're you know you're getting a mindless brainless slut look on your face so relax those face muscles you know just like it's really oh. good I think it is so well done um, oh well you'll send me the link won't you darling yes I will um, but it's <laughs> I don't think I have turning into a bimbo it's like bimbo yeah in a way. I don't. I, I. I. don't think I have then that particular production, but I have what you know, bimbo certification with that electronic kind of email yeah. voice, repetitive. Yeah. You know, repetitive. Yeah. Or commands or it's yeah, it's really hot. Yeah. yeah, really hot. Really, really. Why? Why are you watching it? <laughs> For uh, research purposes. <laughs> because, I mean, that's true. It's true. Yeah. I guess yeah. you know. I started doing. A... But why? But why is it hot for you? Because you already are a woman. Well, it's hot in the way that it's hot to me that men think it's hot. And oh yeah, the robotic, like the feel of it, it's so like almost clinical and that's hot, you know? Mm. Um, Yeah. So we're probably meaning hot in different ways, but, um, but yeah, I love it. I, I think, and I'm so fascinated with the sissy hypno because uh, I'm an audio creator and I actually love doing sissy content. And, you know, I'm always looking to see what people are doing mm. out there. And I know so many love the sissy hypno, right? Yeah. So many. Yeah. Well, the viewing, the viewing figures on some of the videos that I watch. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah. They're high, aren't they? Yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, 
We're going to wrap up with this last question that I, I just have a feeling you're going to be like, of course, you end with a question like this. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, if I could be any, if I could be any woman, who would I want to be? <laughs> we're going to end with that, actually. <laughs> this question. Um, this question, okay. Your, your gender fluidity. Do you think that you're born with that or is it uh, learned? Um, do you kind of, does something happen in your life to kind of make that fork in the road, if you will? I can only speak from my experience, and my opinion is 100% born with it. Mm. Because it manifested itself at such a young age for mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And there's no fucking way that I would have chosen, to, you know, to have been like this. To be confused all the time. Yes. No way. Yeah. There's no fucking way. 100%. 100% was born. Now, it may or may not be relevant or may not or may, may not mean anything. But my mother was bisexual. Hmm. It turned out. I didn't know that when I was younger. I found that much later on. Hmm. Um, but also had quite high levels of testosterone in her. I had a lot of male characteristics, you know. Interesting. Again, yeah. yeah, again, just sort of, you know, you don't know it as a kid when you're growing up, but on reflection, like, oh, she was a little bit out of kilter as well. You know, she was a little yeah. bit, you know, off the completely straight and narrow track. So I do think, I do think it's nature. Hmm. I really do. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Just, you know, not only... Could I imagine something happening that triggered this in me? I also can't imagine somebody else trying to condition anyone to feel like this. Mm -hmm. It's fucking mental. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so we will end on uh, a couple. Fucking times. mental? We're going to end on fucking mental. <laughs> no, we're going to. That was a really good question that you brought up. What woman would you be if you could oh, Jesus snap Christ. your fingers? But also. Um, I've got an answer for that. Wonderful. And I don't know if that answer will answer this one. But okay. also, when you. I, I'm going to want to know when you are, you know, by yourself, dressed up. Or even not even dressed up, even in your mind, uh, do you always visualize one type of woman that you are or you would be or that you feel like you are? That's an interesting question. That is an interesting question. I, the answer to that is I don't. No, mm. I don't. But that's, mm. that's an interesting question. I don't. Um, the woman that I model myself on, <laughs> that I would, <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, obviously there have been many, but there's always one that 
kind of stands out for me that I, you know, that I am drawn to that look. And it's uh, an actress called Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of two thousand five six, when she was had that sort of slightly androgynous, but quite androgynous looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that gorgeous, gorgeous red hair mm-hmm. and um, killer body, and yeah, her, her, she's the one that I keep going. Yeah, I know, I know, and I, I don't know why. It's mm. just, just you know, one that. Like I say, I keep going back to. Mm-hmm. But um, no, the other one, no, there isn't. It's not like, oh, I'm a blonde or, yeah. you know, I'm definitely a brunette. Like, it's, no, you know, big tits, little tits. No, I don't really have that physical, weirdly. Uh, you don't have the kind of actual entire figures or bodies that I would go, oh, God, you know, I wanted to be her. But Amy Adams is a sort of look. Yeah, uh, yeah those reasons that I really like I'm drawn to great actress too. I'm sure she'd be thrilled <laughs> by the way no <laughs> she'd be thrilled to know that, you know she's my I don't know whatever not idle not frustrated she's my sort of go to <laughs> I'll have my people tell her people <laughs> <laughs> yeah please do she will be absolutely thrilled I'm sure <laughs> Well, Millie, this has been uh, very fascinating. Uh, Thank you for sharing yourself, especially things that you weren't planning on answering. (laughs) Um, Well, it's a sign sign of a good, I listen to podcasts and it's a sign of a good one. If they can get you to, you know, open up about something unexpected, it all comes from the question. So it's been a real pleasure. And thank you for inviting me back on. Um, You're very welcome. You know, it's uh, I've enjoyed it. It's been again, like the last ep, it's been quite interesting mm-hmm. for me to just sort of go through this in a semi-formal fashion. And um, yeah, yeah I thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you. Wonderful. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to episode twenty with Millie the Femboy. Are you enjoying this slut next door? You should follow me on Twitter at slut underscore next underscore door. And let me know on Twitter how much you're loving these episodes. And always I'm looking for new ideas or new guests to bring on. So again, thanks for listening. Bye.